Hi, it's Angela Poon from Strive Stronger and welcome to the Strive Stronger podcast, bite-sized edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Today's Bite Size comes from Andrew's discussion with Dr. Nicola Gates in Episode 8. In this clip, Dr. Nicola provides a high-level overview of what mental skills are and how we approach training the mind using our Mental Skills Academy. Now, my favorite part of this episode is about storytelling. Growing up as a young Asian girl, there were many stories that I've told myself and I've reflected on how these have changed over time as I've had more experiences in life and I've realized that some of these stories were actually holding me back and I've had to examine my surroundings and look at the facts to determine whether these were true and often they weren't. And this is how I've found the confidence in pushing myself and doing things that I had previously thought I was not capable of. In this episode, Dr. Nicola and Andrew explain some of the benefits of working on your mental skills and how this helps you to reach new levels in all parts of your life, with storytelling being just one of them. There's three things you can train. Number one, you can train your craft. That's your job or your sport. The second thing, we, we train our body. So it'd be foreign in a sporting team to say, oh, do you have a strength and conditioning department? Of course, the last 10 years that's been embedded. The third thing is you can absolutely train mental skills. Now in the corporate world, in sporting world, it's largely been, oh, he's strong, she's not. She's powerful in her emotions. He gets had by his emotions and carry on. But rubbish, we know you can train the way you think. Uh, we know you can totally train the way you approach pressure, you know, lean into pressure rather than run away from it. So we started chatting and I just said, well, Nicola, what do you think? And you throw something around and went, oh, I think we should do something together. And you said, what are you thinking? I went, I think we need to create an academy around mental skills. What should we call it? <laughs> Bing, Mental Skills Academy. And then when we started exploring, we looked at those three levels. Self-discovery is about knowing you, your thoughts, and, and the basics around energy. The next level is all around staying calm under pressure and having that sense of belonging connection. And then the third level is the higher order performance psychology. And we both agreed that in performance and sports psychology, and I think even in traditional psychology, we often go to the what we consider the trendy stuff or what we've just learned, like neuroscience. Everything is neuro at the moment, right? Must drive you crazy. But the point being, we go for the trendy stuff, the newer stuff first, rather than starting with building the base. So that's how we've built it. 12 essential mental skills. We have a calculator that people can do. They get a score out of 100 and it shows them where they are. We're not labeling someone. We're actually giving it to them, showing here's your strengths. Here's the areas you can develop and you can train your brain just like a normal body part. In fact, we call it an iOS upgrade like you do with your mobile phone, regularly plugging it in, getting an upgrade. You can do exactly the same for your mental skills. Well, I just think of it as mental skills. It's like having a toolkit to get you through life, right? So each mental skill is in, a, in, in your toolbox and depending on what's going on, you may rely on some of the skills more than other skills, but you're going to need all of them at some point to help you get through this this wonderful gig called life. And I don't know whether it's just me, but the Olympics, there were so many examples, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Like the men's 100 metres, the fastest before the Olympics was Bramel, the fastest qualifier, the Chinese athlete Su, came last in the final. And then Jacobs, who no one had heard of, hadn't even broken 10 seconds uh, in 2020, uh, comes out and runs a 9.8. So just unbelievable. And, and he talks about Jacobs, how he used to lose his legs in his Italian accent, but now he keeps his legs because he focuses on the mental side. But I'm going to use a, an Olympic example as well. So if... If we think about the 12 mental skills, I think we should probably start at the basic level 
And that's the storytelling. And I was actually talking to a client yesterday who was struggling a bit with um, substance misuse. And she admitted that she's very critical. And I said, well, that's what we call the inner narrative. It's the story you tell yourself about your life. And it's really important that that story is positive. It doesn't mean that you don't critically think about things as in like what worked, what doesn't work. So you still critique what you're doing. But it's got to be, you know, you've got to be your biggest fan and your greatest supporter. And I said to her, did you watch the Olympics? And of course, she said yes. And I said, well, did you watch the women's 1600 metres? Because that woman who fell, right? Now, when she fell, it was in one of the heats. So she fell. And if she had a really negative, critical, self-destructive inner voice, her it may have sounded something like this. Oh, you idiot. You've fallen over. You've screwed this up. This is a once in a lifetime chance. You've really blown it. Oh my gosh, you're a failure. You're a loser. This is terrible. Clearly, she didn't have that inner narrative voice because she got up and she won the race. Her inner narrative voice was obviously saying, you've got this, you've trained hard, this is yours, you can do this, it's okay, get up, you're going to win. So I just think that's a really powerful example of how your inner narrative can actually make you win the medals, or if it had been negative, it completely destroys your goals. When you find yourself having negative thoughts, first of all, it's perfectly normal. Like Nicola and I teach this. Do we have negative thoughts, Nicola? Absolutely. We've just got better at, first of all, recognizing them and then reauthoring or asking, why am I having this negative thought? So becoming the inner coach on this. And again, I've been doing a lot of this with athletes. When I first do it, Nicola, you know, when the negative voice comes in, first of all, just, just suspend. You know, Gordon Spence at Sydney University calls this the traffic light, you know, where you got we go from green to red, great or it's terrible, great or it's you know, good or bad, but an orange light, just pause, you know, mm. suspend. No and then judgment. Ask, yeah, why? Well, no judgment. Why am I having this thought? But where's the evidence? So you start to build a case around this. So there's a process where you can narrate yourself through, and it's really clunky when you start this. Journaling is amazing, has been shown to really fast track that awareness of inner voice. Uh, but even if you just catch your thoughts and be aware that, okay, there is stuff going on. I'm not feeling great, but you know, perspective is everything. What can I then do? So you can go through that process and steer yourself back out. Well, you may not feel great, but you might be a six or seven out of 10 rather than spiraling down to a two or a three. And Nicola, I think that's so, so important right now that people know that, look, having negative thoughts is perfectly normal, but thoughts are not facts. We're all amazing storytellers. Just don't let them carry you away, especially down that negative path. That's right. And it's not just, um, like you're saying, dealing with the, the short story about what's presenting to me now in this moment, but also that bigger background conversation you're having with yourself in terms of self-efficacy, which you've touched on, and, and worthiness and lovability. It's about crafting a story where you feel okay in your own skin, you have the belief to manage and, and move forwards. Because one of the things that happens is people become overwhelmed by their emotions. And, and rather than moving forwards and developing a conversation and, and I feel like identifying issues or problems or things that they, they can improve and fix, they stay in the emotional place. The narrative just becomes a conversation about emotion and feeling. Now, there's, our emotions are perfect. They all serve a purpose, but emotions are messages. 
And sometimes we build a whole story around a message. I'll pick up on your stop sign. It's like you've stopped at the traffic lights and then the traffic light changes colour and you don't move forwards with the green light. You're still going, there was a red light, there was a red light, there was a red light, there's a red light. The, the emotion is the message and then you go, okay, I've got the message. How do I go forwards in my journey with that information? So your narrative has to constantly be positive in the sense that it supports your strengths. No one's ever solved a problem with weakness. I mean, you don't say, oh, I need a builder, so I'm going to get an electrician. You know, we we solve problems and move forwards with strengths and they have our strengths. So it's about identifying your strengths and crafting a story that will propel you forwards in a way that's helpful and, and suspending that judgment. And, and being a neutral, and if you can dial it up a bit more to be a bit more of, a, of your greatest fan, even better. Dr. Gordon Spencer's choice points that Gordon talks about. Let's go to connectedness. One of your pet topics, it's the last essential mental skill we put in because we had in that middle row on foundation skills originally being calm, mindfulness and breathing. And you said, Andrew, something's not right. And I said, mm, explain. And you said, communication is a mental skill it's a trainable skill and communication isn't just about talking it's actually about listening as well so it's about being in actively present with another human being and, and it can just be present you know giving your attention to someone and with that is time so giving your attention to someone is, is a significant gift we are social beings and it's really important to be in positive healthy relationships you know the research shows that a good relationship improves your life, you know, increases your immune system and helps you manage stress better. Toxic relationships obviously have the opposite effect, but our connection to other people is, is a skill. Managing conflict, you know, most relationships break down because of poor conflict resolution. All relationships have conflict, whether it's a little aggravation or a large and significant transgression. All relationships have conflict. So resolving conflict and, and communicating clearly is absolutely a skill that's essential for well-being and, and it's a mental skill for yourself. <laughs> How does a neuropsychologist go resolving conflict with her family? Did, did your family, because my uh, Mickey said to me, Dad, she said recently, oh, I got angry. I can't even remember what it was, but Dad, use your mental skills. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, okay. Well, no, I get, the, I get the opposite, actually, because um, – you know, as, as a psychologist, one of the things you do is you remind everybody that, you know, you're a good person, they're a good person, everyone's a good person. And it's the communication or the interrelating that's a problem. So my kids tease me now, they're in their 20s. Um, and I actually did this the other day. When there's a, a breach, a transgression, or an annoyance or whatever, but that needs to be vocalized, I will still get out a piece of paper. And I do little characters. I said, this is you. You're a good, gorgeous person. This is me. I'm a faulted person who tries to be good and gorgeous. You know, we've accepted that. This, And they just say, mom, not the drawings anymore. And I go, I'm just showing that this isn't about personal people. This isn't personal. This is a joint problem that we can walk around and poke sticks at and try and look at it from 360 degree angle and, you know, keep it manageable. And they just, they roll their eyes. So I don't get, bring on your mental skills. I get, oh, can you just, you know, just shout and swear and be normal. Awesome on connectedness. Pre-performance routines. Now, this is the one that when we first started with this one, while I didn't have in connectedness, and now it's so obvious, you were not sure about pre-performance routines and whether you had done them with your clients. I often have clients who have some event coming up and it could be a job interview. I had a government advisor having to go and attend a tribunal and they were very nervous 
And I didn't call it a pre-performance routine, but I called it something else. So what I was working with my clients was about them visualizing, them imagining themselves and preparing for an event. So running it through their heads and preparing for it, anticipating presenting their best self in these dynamic environments. And we realize it's very similar, but you, you know, you remind me about what, what you were meaning by pre-performance. So pre-performance routine specific to sport is what an athlete does in the 60 to 90 minutes before the game, the race. That's the most critical part, but you've also got what they do the night before. And there's a lot of rituals athletes will have and routines. It's also what they do after to recover, but, but specifically, the, the area I do a lot with players is in that sort of 90 minutes to two hours in, in, in NRL where there's a physical warm-up, there's a psychological warm-up, and we bring in all parts of the model. They don't sit in isolation. The Yerkes inverted U hypothesis, so you've got the vertical axis is performance and the horizontal axis is alertness or arousal. But what we want is five in that sweet spot between being ultimate levels of alertness and performance. Now, when you go too far over, it's excited energy, and that's where your performance diminishes. Now, if you're not in the zone uh, at around a three out of 10, you're tired, fatigued, or you're not there psychologically, performance diminishes. So it's getting in that sweet spot of performance. This is exactly mental skills, because some of those things we've talked about, this got the mind, the internal dialogue is the storytelling. And this is why you know, you need to make sure you get the basics right. You need to make sure you've got the diet. You need to make sure you've got the sleep. You need to make sure you've got the the, the personal story, the storytelling right. And then you you can come up and you come up to the high performance level. And this is exactly what we're talking about. Not only have we talked about the fact that there's all these different levels to this, but in terms of applying that to our audience here, we're talking about the importance of the the body, the brain and the mind, how they're all interrelated. This is about people looking after all aspects of their life and making sure that they're looking after themselves in terms of their their roles, their relationship with themselves, their relationship to their family and so forth. So, you know, great example because it can be extrapolated across to everybody. Hey, it's Andrew and we hope you enjoyed that episode. We would really appreciate it if you helped us amplify the Strive Stronger with Andrew May podcast by sharing episodes with colleagues and friends and going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help us get this message out to a wider audience. And if you would like to know more about how Strive Stronger uplifts teams through optimizing human performance and well-being, make sure you check out strivestronger.com. And if you'd like to know more about my personal practice, focusing on all things human performance, go to andrewmade.com where you can explore the books I have written, including MatchFit, which has now sold over 85,000 copies, or book me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite. Or if you'd like to really turbocharge your business and personal success and wake up to a better way of living, working and leading, check out my brand new evidence-based Human Performance Academy that starts in July. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that going. And if you'd like to receive regular updates from me each month, make sure you subscribe to my monthly e-newsletter, the AM edition.